Welcome on in to the 2-3 podcast. I'm Cam. That is Zach. Episode 1 of Season 3. New apartments, new cat, new car, new coach, new team, new everything edition. We're even recording with cameras in my office, which is... I just moved in here, by the way. There's a white void right here that... There, yeah, there's nothing there, but you know, if you're listening to this, then it doesn't really matter to you, anyways. But Zach, everything's new right now. It is new. What does everyone think? Uh, this, this, <laughs> this, this tree right here, it's pretty beautiful, right? It's uh, it's tropical, it's got the tropical vibes to it. I think it's supposed to be like a palm tree. It's uh, I got a new kitten, it's behind Zach. Her name's Petunia, and it's her scratching post. And I thought that she was going to be into it during this episode, but no, she's she's just decided that. Let's see if I can better. get some ASMR from her. Yeah. <laughs> Petunia, what do you think of the new Q's team? Dude, she, it's like everybody, Zach. She's sleeping on him. She's sleeping hard right now. Dude, everybody's sleeping on the new Q's team because there are so many questions heading into this year. There are so many questions heading into the entire program, but it's really exciting, dude. It's really exciting to be able to have like these new opportunities. No, it's super exciting. It's it's a new era for, for Syracuse and the sky is the ceiling. The sky is the ceiling. The sky is the limit. I, we went to, Zach and I went to Bayheim's army yesterday. They took on uh, blue collar. U. got the big dub awesome environment they played at the uh, on center where the Syracuse crunch play it was so fun to watch Syracuse basketball again in July it was was kind of odd and it was very warm out but at the same time like I feel like this fan base is really excited for what's coming I think we saw Jim there it seemed like he's really enjoying retirement he was smiling he was laughing the whole time but I don't know to to be able to like go into this with a whole fresh new start I feel like that's what this program needs at this point yeah, I mean, things have gone down a little bit the past few years. And, you know, obviously last year was not the year anyone would have ever wanted or, or wrote, 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 wrote up. But it's a new era, a new page, a new chapter, and things are really exciting in, in Syracuse. Dude, Bayhams Army, Grant Riller, MVP. That man took over. Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird, though, like not having – what is there? There's only like, what, two – Syracuse players that are in the starting five. Well, the, the starting has changed a few times, but the game we went to, there, there's two: BJ Johnson and then uh, who else was it? McCullough. McCullough. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it's kind of weird. Like during the game, like we'd have to look up, like okay, who does like Grant? Who did Grant really play for? Oh, Charleston. Okay, yeah. All right. Well, you just have to like keep looking up people and like I don't like that. You know, DeAndre Kane. Like where did DeAndre Kane play for? And then you have to look that up, but. It got me thinking, like, if there was a true alum-only tournament and you are maybe allowed, like, what, two or three people that you could bring from outside of the program, I feel like Cuse would be up there. You got a lot of alums that are still playing professionally, not necessarily in the NBA, but they're still playing overseas. They're still getting minutes in, in you know, leagues that are very, very competitive, so... Yeah, I mean, Ty's battle was supposed to be on this team. Yeah, he's held up in China with it with his current season going on, and Malachi Richardson, he's been on the team in the past. He was also supposed to be on the team this year, 
So yeah, they're just all kind of like booked up, busy. Uh, Matt Morgan was supposed to be on the team. Yeah, just signed that huge contract overseas. Wasn't able to make it, but I mean, overseas competitively, like our guys are, are really showing out and they're and they're doing well. Yeah, I know. Um, credit. To, I know he's not within the program, but Matt Morgan, like, he got a really good contract in London. He, it sounds like the from the sound of things, you know, he couldn't join Bayheim's army because his contract was so good that London was like, Hey, we don't want him going anywhere. But like, you know, seeing guys just from the six Oh seven, like you and I are, are, you know, well, he played in the six seven. He's not from the six Oh seven, but you know, representing that little area, representing Cornell, Jimmy B, Jimmy Bayheim, like also yeah. represent representing Cornell. Like it's really cool to see that. Um, obviously aside from obviously the representation that the three, three one five gets, but, um, no, it's, it was really cool to see Beheim's army. The crowd, despite not being that big, was really sensational. Yeah, I mean, obviously the the capacity is a fraction of the dome, but it's called small but mighty, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, it, it was really cool to be in a smaller environment with with the, with the Syracuse faithful, and it, yeah, it was fun. So the on center what can hold like five thousand, six thousand people? Would you like that over the dome? No, I mean absolutely not. I mean you can't you can't compare anything to the dome. I mean I think in this scenario it makes sense. I'd rather five six thousand there rather than five six thousand, you know, on the in the in the first section of the dome because otherwise it's it can feel so empty. Even when there's like you know, fifteen to to twenty in the dome and there's not that much cheering at the moment, it feels a little quiet because it's how massive the dome is. So no, I, I think I think uh, I think. TBT for Bam's army it makes way more, way more sense to play in that on center. It does bring up a question though. Like why are they playing with a Sienna court? That doesn't make any sense. Sienna's in Albany. Yeah, I know. We, we saw that. That was, that was interesting, but like, why don't you Cuse is like down the road. Maybe like Jim would sign off on that. His signature is already on the court. It's his court. It is his court. Like he, the man like has his signature on it and everything. So I don't understand why you don't just get that bring it into the on center. I get why you're not playing in the dome because it's just too big, yeah. but I, I don't know why you have Sienna there. Even get like Lemoyne, the, get a closer school. So you don't have to ship it from Albany. Hey, shout out Sienna. Yeah, uh, sh- I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Dude. Uh, the, the faithful though, were dripped out in all orange. It was nice to see everybody, like the the problem with the dome sometimes is that it can get a little quiet, but obviously the diehards are going to go to you know Beheim's army, but it just seemed like everybody was really excited for this new year, the new the red era, dude. The red era is is already looking pretty strong. We got a lot of transfers coming in: JJ Starling, Chance Westry, Naheem McLeod, Kyle Cuff. These are a lot of really really good names. Looking at that list, does it surprise you that we've gotten this much attention already or that that Red has already gotten this much attention? I mean, this is a fantastic start for Red. This is like insane. I mean, after every one of these people committed or transferred, everyone's like, this is insane. This just another addition to a, a great start for his recruiting class coming in here in his first his first year like hasn't even technically started, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like this is all before the season even is is kicking off here. So Really impressive, and I don't know. I'm just really impressed with that. I mean, obviously, everyone has known that Red has always been a great recruiter. All the players talk about how Red is like their go-to guy. 
along with, you know, GMAC, of course. But it just goes to show, you know, the man knows how to recruit and he, yeah. he, he's doing it. Well, JJ Starling, like, committed like that immediately. What did you say? It was like day two? It was like within the first or second day. Yeah. It was so early. He was the first big name to transfer once the portal opened. And he he's coming to Syracuse, baby. He's coming home. I know Chance, I think he, I think it was in April, like towards the end of April that he got in. He was number two. It really surprised me though that Naheem McLeod came by because there are so many centers on this team. You got Big Will, we got William Patterson, we haven't even talked about him yet. We got Big Will, we got Moo, we got Peter Carey, now we got Naheem McLeod. I, I don't, I didn't really understand why he was coming or even why Kyle was coming, but like, I'm not going to argue about it. Like, it's nice to have that many weapons. I think if you're red, though, there's almost no excuse right now. Like, you've got to have some form of success. I understand that you're not going to probably make the Final Four in your first year. You're probably not going to make, you know, the championship or whatever. But you got to have some form of success with this much talent on the team. Yeah, I mean, I think the only question mark or other th- the one section I'm a little worried about, and I think we, I think everyone would agree with this, is, is the center position. Yeah. You know, there is, I mean, Naheem does have experience. He did, you know, he did this year when he was at Florida State and played us at the Dome. He had his best game of the year. So, you know, he has, he's had some success, but obviously, you know, he didn't start at Florida State. He wasn't their go-to guy. So it'd be interesting to see kind of like where we end up there on that center position. I mean, Moo at times was good last year, but also like he's not ready to be a full-time starter either. Well, Moo was almost the perfect backup. He was there if you needed him. Sometimes he would come in, he would make some, you know, not, the the problem is, is that he was playing behind Jesse and Jesse is sensational. Absolutely sensational. 20 and 20 all day. Like it's so difficult to have any form of success be highlighted if you're playing behind that much talent. But at no point did I see Moo as being, the go-to guy. He can't he can't be the starter. I don't think he can be. I mean, then, let's let's remember though. Remember, do you remember where Jesse started? That's true. So I mean, I'm I'm not saying this is I don't think Moo can be Jesse this year necessarily. I mean, unless he's doing some crazy summer work and he, and he's going to come next year in the second year of the program and he's just going to be like, "Yo, Jesse Edwards more like Manu Hima." I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't want to say it won't happen, but I do think he's on a good path to, to develop into a really great center. He is. I worry about his size, though. Not his height, but just like Jesse was able to kind of fill out pretty well. I worry about Moo not being able to be as aggressive as Jesse was. And obviously in the ACC, you need to be that. But, I mean, you look at all of our centers. Do we really ha- even have any sort of big, aggressive guys to look? I mean, maybe Peter Carey was able to bulk up a little bit, but... I don't see anybody that would really be able to fill. Nobody's going to be able to fill Jesse's shoes. And that's a problem is that no matter how good they are, nobody's going to be able to fill Jesse's shoes at all. And and part of me is okay with that. Obviously it was fantastic to have such a huge presence from our center last year with Jesse Edwards, but I'm okay to kind of shift the, the tie towards our guards, which we have a huge draft class or, you know, mm-hmm. guard, transfer class, transfer class, our guards rosters, like arguably, like there's like technically there's four at least, and then there's like so many other people you could throw in there as well. So I think our guards could kind of lead the way here. And as long as we have a center who can play great defense, 
grab some more boards and just kind of be a presence, I think we could be okay. Who do you think gets the spot out of those four centers? That's so tough. I mean, I have a inkling just because of where Naheem came from being kind of like a backup center, being kind of, you know, second, third option. Obviously, Florida State likes to play a lot of big guys. But coming from that perspective of being like a backup, why would he come to be another backup? Yeah. So I have a feeling he he's, he's he's gunning for it at least. I do think it's going to be up in the air. I think it will probably be between be, between him and, and Moo. Yeah. We'll see what Peter Carey can bring to the table. Obviously, he, he, he was redshirted with injury last year. So maybe he can kind of come out of the woodwork and turn some turn some heads, but... I mean, no disrespect to Big Will. I don't think that there's really, I, I don't think he's going to be able to get it. I think he needs, you know, to develop a little bit. He's got so much, um, they're not even really vets, but just so much experience in front of him. And it's so difficult to come in on an ACC team and get the spot, like get the spot right off the bat, right out of recruitment. You can't do that. You got to fill in. You got to fill up a little bit. I think the problem with Peter Carey is that we didn't see much of him last year. What we did see from him was good, but it was against not the greatest competition, and he was clearly hurt. He had to get surgery on his uh, one of his knees, so we weren't able to get much out of him. I think probably, if I had to guess, I feel like it'd probably be Moo gets the spot, just because he has the experience in the lineup. But you could basically say at this point, Anybody can get the starting role. It doesn't really matter about experience. There's so much talent coming in, especially at the guard position, that like anybody can start. It doesn't necessarily mean, hey, I played last year. I get that spot. That doesn't mean anything. Yep. New coach, dude, new opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. The door's wide open and, you know, we have an inkling who it might go to, but who knows what's going to happen over the summer. You know, obviously, like, you know, God forbid, hopefully there's no more injuries, but injuries happen, things happen. So we'll, we'll see where things pan out. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned him earlier, dude. Jess losing Jesse's tough. And were you were you surprised when it came out that he wasn't going to go test the waters of the NBA, but instead he was going to test the transfer market and then he went to West Virginia? Were you a little surprised about that? I mean, all of our transfers are all we're all seniors. Yeah. Which came out of nowhere. No one really anticipated that. Everyone was like they're gonna go pro or they're gonna come back no one ever like really thought like they could actually transfer no one was like no one like, ever considered that that was like an actual possibility but J- J- jesse jg3 and side boogie all transfer Dude. jesse going to west virginia and then huggins getting <laughs> didn't stop for dui was like the worst timing ever for Jesse. I do wonder how he's going to be outside of the ACC. I think he's going to get a lot of, he's going to get a lot of minutes and I'm almost like happy for him to be able to test a, a new area, a new team, um, get some more recognition in a different area. Cause he deserves it. He was by far one of the best centers in the ACC last year and probably in the country. And I think that he was overlooked a little bit by some bigger teams I think at West Virginia, he can get some solid minutes, but he just, he needs that recognition, dude. He deserves it. He's such a good player. You know, I think it's a good opportunity for him to kind of like build his resume and prove that he can, he can go to a new team, learn a new system 
And if he's able to like have a bigger year than he had at Q's, then it's just like he, he's ready for the next step to go to go to the NBA, to, to play pro, to change systems, to learn a new system, to play differently, play with new players. You know, like, you know, you can get a little comfortable in a system. Like he, he, he played, he's been on the team for four years. Same thing with JG3. Like it's a good opportunity to be like, yo, like I'm good enough to go somewhere else and still, still be good. You know, I don't like, so I think it's a good opportunity. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned JG3 going to Clemson. That kind of took me by surprise too. I know Q's fans, they wanted to hate on JG3. And trust us, we've had some hate. Well, we haven't had hate for JG3, but it's just like the growing pains of JG3 when he first started. We're definitely there. It's It's been nice to see him blossom. There were times last year where we were winning because of JG3, and I don't think that people really want to admit that. But there were times last year where he was almost carrying us in games. And I think that people are sort of overlooking that for, I don't know, maybe they're, maybe they're hating a little bit. Maybe they wanted a little bit more out of them, but I think JG three is either going to go crazy at Clemson or he's going to be a little quiet. And I hope that he's able to go crazy. I hope he's able to like fully. I think that there was still stuff that could have been tapped into last year. There were still some JG three mistakes that were there, but he definitely has a a bit longer to go before he's ready to go professional at all. I'm glad that he's still hanging around in college, but I was, I was shocked that he was going to Clemson. Yeah. I mean, to be in the ACC still to, we play Clemson twice next year. Pretty interesting. I mean, he does. He did an interview with uh, none other than Mike Waters, and he talked about how he wasn't really too worried about staying in the ACC. You know, I think he was a little comfortable because obviously he he's been in the ACC. He knows he can he's, he can compete with all these teams. But yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting when he comes back to the dome that game and uh, when when we play Clemson. But yeah, like like you said, I definitely I'm, I'm cheering for him. I, I hope he he does have a good year. It'll be really interesting to see how he works in the rotation. It seems like early thoughts were like he probably won't start, it seems like, or he's definitely going to have to work really hard to start, it sounds like. But yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. And luckily or unluckily, we'll keep a close eye on it because he is in the ACC. I don't mean to hate on him too much, but do you think that he got a little, he, he got a lot of success in the Syracuse rotation just because it kind of fit him so well because they needed somebody that was going to just be the shooter, just be the the certified shooter out there, and he kind of just fit the system really well? I mean, yeah. I mean, and it's it, it's it's tough to be a good shooter. Yeah. You know, like, you can't discredit a good shooter. I mean, like, yeah, it's like all he does is shoot threes, but, like, it's hard to make threes yeah. in any league, in, in college in general. So, like, I, that's impressive. And I think, you know, obviously, like, kind of leaving here at the end, does slightly change the outlook on his on his career is for, for being you know a Syracuse alum, but I think in a few years, when you know when he when he moves on from college ball and we look back, we look at we look at all the records, look at all the numbers in his four years at Cuse, people will be like, you know what, JJ three, numbers wise had a great career. He did have a great career, and I, I hope that he's able to get success past the college level. You and I had talked about it on the way back from the from the game last night. You can't really have success in the NBA if you don't have the size. And his size just isn't there. 
He's a little bit too small. Uh, if you have to be a generational talent like John Morant, or you got to be a Steph Curry who just constantly makes threes, no matter what, if you're small. And that's really tough to transfer to the NBA level. I don't personally see it with him, but I think that like, I think maybe, you know, I'm not in his mind at all, but I think probably the the option was either go overseas and try to find success there or just stay in college one more year just for just for the heck of it and see what happens. You know, transfer somewhere that maybe they need a shooter, maybe they need a, a sixth man and try to find success that way. And I don't I don't hate him for the, you know, he he. He's trying to do what's best for his career, but I do worry that he's not going to be able to basically like trans translate that into the professional level. Yeah, I mean, it would be really interesting to see what, what he does end up doing after this next season here. But obviously, like, I mean, I don't know what more he can do. He's done a lot. It seems like he's kind of like emptied his bag. I mean, I don't want to you know put a put him in a box and say he can't do more. But it, it'll just be really interesting to see kind of what. I mean, yeah, you never know. It'll be interesting to see how things shake out, though. I do like, uh, from these three transfers, I think the one that I like the most, though, is Cy Boogie getting to go to Binghamton. He's more than likely going to get a bigger role there at Binghamton. He deserves it. He's such a good player. He's such a good director. And I think the scheme really wasn't working last year. Anytime that he took the court with Judah, it just didn't seem like the chemistry was quite there when it maybe... It could have been better, and I hope that he's able to find more success at Binghamton. I know you and I have talked about going to Binghamton to go check him out because we love Cy Boogie here on the 2-3. We're definitely going to check, check him out in a game for sure. Yeah, dude. I, I love Cy Boogie. I think, you know, talk about a guy who hasn't necessarily reached his full potential yet. He can do a lot more than what he showed the, the last two years, and I hope that Binghamton uses him wisely. I think if he has... You know, it's one of those questions where do you want to have a smaller role on a bigger team or a bigger role on a smaller team? And I think for for Cy, like the it's the perfect fit at Binghamton. They need somebody that has a good fit or that's that can direct traffic really well. I thought it was a good fit for him. I'm really proud of him. And I all these guys, I wish success for him. You know, I, I hope that we go see Cy Boogie and maybe he gets his 2020. 20 points, 20 assists. He's gonna terrorize Ellie. Yeah. He's gonna shred him up. I think he's going to have a fantastic season. And yeah, I, I do think it makes sense for him. Um, you know, especially if, you know, when you, when you hang your hat, your career's over, it's like, would you rather kind of have like another year where like you have very limited opportunity, you're playing, you know, behind a star, you know, young player in Judah Mintz or like ball out, put it all on the floor, be like, yo, I had a great year. I know it's, you know, I'm not in the, not in the ACC anymore, but I balled out. I did everything I could do. I feel like that's a, that's a, you know, where you want to hang your hat on and it makes sense. And if you look at future um future Bayheim Army Bayheim's army prospects, look no further than Cy Boogie. Cy Boogie's gonna be playing on that team in a couple of years. Hopefully he's in the NBA, so he's not eligible to play in the Bayheim's army. But that man has so much love for Syracuse. And I don't think I've seen I don't think I've seen the community attached to a player like Samir Torrance in a while, just because he's from the area, you know, he's a good player. He loved the community. He loved the fans. They really attached to him in a way that I haven't seen in a, in a while. Yeah. I mean, he's a true hometown guy. Yeah. He, he is Syracuse, New York through and through. And it, I mean, 
and it's hard not to cheer for the guy. He's just he's just so likable and he's side boogie. Yeah. If you're curious, by the way, Binghamton last year was 13 and 18, so they weren't that great. Also, they play in a conference that's not that great. Dude, they're they're going to be in the the tournament. They're going to be in the tournament with with side boogie. I, I want to see side boogie go like crazy in the tournament. That's what I want to see. Vermont's time in the tournament yes. is over. Yes. Side yeah. boogie is two or three take. are Binghamton fans right now. Yes. All right. But this sort of leaves the question with with size departure is, and we, we were talking about it earlier, like. You have so many guards now on the roster that are capable of starting, that are capable of a huge role. Just to name the big four that are up for, um, you know, that can possibly get that starting role. You got JJ Starling, you got Judah, you got Kyle, you got Chance. You got additionally, you got JT who played a little bit of of shoot of the number two shooting guard. Um, you got Q who could potentially, he's got enough ball skills that he's able to do yeah, PG in high school. Yeah. He he's able to do what is needed. And then you got Chris Bell, who's basically the most pure shooter in this lineup, which is a little strange to see a forward being the most pure shooter that we have, but it's almost like a too many cooks scenario where like, how do you handle this situation where basically everybody can start? And if you're red, it's almost like it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I think this just will be really interesting to see how it plays out in terms of how red ends up playing the bench. Yeah. Is he going to be super limited, you know, six, seven guys in max? Or is he going to kind of like have two two different squads coming in and out? It'll be really interesting to see. I mean, obviously, if this talent does this pan out and we're able to have kind of like you know, first squad and second squad or be able to go deeper in your, in your bench and kind of play like, you know, maybe eight, eight, nine guys. I mean, I know it's a lot, but like, you know, teams, teams in college do that. So like it's possible. And if, if we have a deep enough bench and guys can have different looks and things, things could happen. So it'd be really interesting to see how red kind of plays the bench. Is he going to be very limited like Bayheim, or is he going to kind of stretch things out a little bit and see what other guys can do? I hope he stretches the bench out. We saw that with Jim this past year that he he did stretch the bench out for for Jim's standards. He stretched the bench out. But I think if you if you look at the the main two, JJ and Judah, they already have chemistry off of the court, as we've seen a couple of times. You know, they've been traveling with each other, they've been talking about each other, because I, I think they played on the same team, didn't they? They're all connected. I mean, all these guys know each other through AU circuits and I'm I'm not, yeah, I think they were on AAU team at one point. Like, they, these guys are all connected and they all have, you know, pasts inter, intertwined. So, you do have a little bit of time. You've got Kyle Cuff, who is injured, and I think that he's, he's going to be missing the first couple of games, isn't he? He's going to be missing a couple of weeks. I, I mean, I, from what I understand, it's just the summer, but I mean, he's kind of been riddled with, with injury as of late. He was, he was uh, injured at Kansas, he's now injured this summer. I think it's a new injury or at least worsening the injury he had. So just injury, he's a little injury prone, it seems like. So how will that pan out? We're not really sure. I mean, still, he's he's a, a highly touted recruit coming out of high school. And the whole, the whole backcourt is almost, again, it's like a coach's dream where you have all this talent, but you just don't know who to play. You don't want to make anybody mad. You, do, I mean, at the end of the day, you're trying to have success, but if you're red, you're trying different things. You're trying to, um, you're trying to just experiment with what's working. 
I mean, take a look at the defense. I can't imagine that they're going to be using purely a 2-3 zone the whole year. I can imagine that they're going to be trying to switch it up a little bit. So there's enough room for experiments. And it's kind of nice to not have too many expectations heading into this year. But you have all of this talent. You got to use it to your advantage. Yeah, I mean... Red has a great opportunity to have a great first year. I mean, granted, it is his first year. It's it's tough to take on a head coaching job. Obviously, he knows this program very well. You know, he was a player. He's been on the coaching staff for, for quite some years now. And I think he's going to have a great first year. Obviously, you know, we'll kind of see how it pans out. But he's got the pieces, it seems like. He's got, you know, the puzzle pieces are coming together. And I think there's a good potential. What do you want to see from Red this year? What's like three things that Zach wants to see from this new coaching staff and this new team heading into this year? I mean, I just want Red to be Red, and I think he's already. He, I mean, he's already said that he, he we're not going to be two three all, all year. You know, he, he's he's open to changing things up. He said this in his speech. You know, he like I'm going to bring new ideas. I'm I'm going to do different things. But this is still going to be Syracuse basketball. Like he's not going to switch the script and be like, oh, like this is not Syracuse basketball at all. He's still going to, you know, play homage to Syracuse, to, to Jim, what, what Jim's done, what he's learned, what he, how he played. So I, that's really cool. And I think, um, I, I don't know if I could put three things on a list for you, but I just, I'm just excited for what he can do. Who are you most looking forward to this year? Who is Zach's like, you got, you're like focusing on this guy. Like, I want to see this man like go off this year. It's between... I think it's between Chris and Q. Chris and Q, okay. Yeah, I think Chris could have a breakout season, especially if he's able to find a shot, get in rhythm, you know, build some confidence. He has a year under his belt. And then Q, he's just like, he, he already had, I mean, everyone on this team had their shining moment. They, they showed that they could play at a high level. Obviously, no one was really consistent at that, but they have that year of experience, a summer of, of getting stronger, a new outlook. I mean, I know they're going to be playing a little more up and down, a little faster pace, which I know all all the younger guys like to play like that. And it's yeah. fun to watch too. So, yeah, I think for me, it's, it's Benny. Benny needs a really good year, not just for his mental state, but I think for the, for his like reassurance that he can do this. Cause the first year, obviously he, he got playing time, but even Jim said that like that year was scrapped almost. Last year was Benny's first year in a way. That was his freshman year. That was his growing year. And even then, I mean, we saw times when he wasn't playing. He didn't play at all. Uh, I don't remember who it was against, but it was a pretty big game. I think it was like UNC or something, but he didn't play at all. He had to take a, uh, a personal day and I was, I mean, we were both really worried about him because it's, it's more than basketball. And I was hoping that at some point last year, he was going to be able to find success and it just didn't end up happening. I think this year though, if he's able to be Benny and just play his form of basketball, we've seen it. We've seen it several times that he can do it. It's just a matter of piecing it all together and getting it at a consistent level. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he had a few games at the end there. He, he was, he was kind of like, one of our best shooters outside of Joe. Yeah. He, he was he was playing well. He, he had some good moments late there. Obviously, it was a little too late in the season. But if he can build from those moments, build from the good, kind of let the let the bad 
go away. You know, I think the fresh start with with Red is going to be really healthy for him. It's kind of like a new energies around the team, a new outlook, and I obviously I know he he's really close to Red as well. So yeah, he balled out against Pittsburgh. I mean, he had twenty four points. He uh, he made five threes. So you've seen him be able to do this several times, and even Jim had mentioned like you he can do it. He's the best guy at practice, or he's one of the best guys at practice. It's just a matter of like, he has to get it at a consistent level where we can, everybody's going to have bad games, but you have to have some form of consistency and some form of reliancy within the team to be like, hey, listen, Benny take over. I got this. Let me do my thing. I feel like we don't really know who he is yet as a player yet. Like, is he, where's, where's his strong points? You know, where's his weak points? I feel like he hasn't been consistent enough where we, we know who he is yet. Right. So I think it's a problem with like many of the young players. Like mm-hmm. there's not like a baseline level of consistency. Obviously it's hard to score 20 points every single game or 15, whatever it is. But with a lot of these young guys, they have like a really great game. Yeah. And then like it could be a goose eggs the yeah. next game, you know? So we just need a baseline of consistency. Like it doesn't need to be 20. doesn't mean 15, you know, just, just, a baseline of like whatever is good in that position to have. Obviously some guys are going to have more and less, but just we can't go from zero to 20. You know yeah. what I mean? It's somewhere in the middle, obviously. And then you can go up and down from there, but you mm-hmm. can't go from zero to a good game to zero, zero to mediocre game, you know? Well, we saw that with, with Chris, right? We saw, we saw that a ton with Chris where there are some games where he's making four, five threes a game. And then there's some games where it's like, Oh, Chris played. I didn't even know Chris played. So I think I think some of that had to do with maybe the short leash that some of these players had. And I hope that Red is able to kind of let these players sort it out and he doesn't let uh, leashes get in the way of everything. Because there's a lot of t- talent on this team. But the problem is, is that they're so young that they are going to get in their heads. They're probably going to be growing pains this year. It's just a matter of, how long is that leash going to be for them to be able to just sort it out, get through it? How long is the leash going to be for the fans to not get on these players and actually give them a chance to be able to do what they need to do? They're going to learn. There's going to be growing pains. But at the end of the day, like, you know, there's just so much talent on this team that they can get it done. Yeah, there's a lot of potential. But like you were saying, I think as a fan base, as anyone in general, we just need to be patient. Yeah. Yeah, that's a. I don't know if Syracuse fans know patience. No, they do not. <laughs> they don't know patience. I I I feel like this is gonna be. This is gonna be a year when, there's gonna be a big spotlight on this team, and, I hope that it doesn't get too bright in these players' faces. I hope it doesn't get too bright in this coach's faces. Um, I appreciate Jim for everything that he's done, but. I had this epiphany a couple weeks after the announcement that Jim was retiring and he is retiring. He, he, that man did not quit. He retired. Um, I had this epiphany that I think it was time. I think it was time for the program to move on. We needed a fresh start. I think Jim could have done a lot with this group, but I trust in red. I trust in this coaching staff too. It's going to be a fun year. Yeah, I mean, these guys have been with the program. This isn't just some random person or a big name from somewhere else. These are guys who know the program, who know the players. And I'm excited. I I, I believe in Red. I believe in the coaching staff. 
I'm leaving the, the, the team. We do have an issue, though. We still don't know what to do with the name of the 2-3, man. If Red doesn't use the 2-3, that's, that's bad, dude. We're in hot waters. We can't be the man-to-man podcast. We can't be the one three one podcast. It doesn't sound right. Let's be the basketball podcast. <laughs> there's the basketball tournament, the basketball league, and then there's going to be the basketball podcast. Or- Orange edition. Orange. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for this year, dude. We got a lot of uh, things in store for the fans. Obviously, we got the video going on right now. I'm excited for this year. I'm I'm hyped to see where this program can go. I think that every I think the biggest issue with with Q's fans is we like to think about the past a lot. We like to think about the Big East. We like to think about 2003. And those are all fantastic memories. But I think the departure of of Coach Beheim is symbolic in a way that that's in the past. There's a lot to look forward to in the future. Not necessarily with this team, not necessarily with next year's team, just down the road. There's a lot that this program can offer, and I want fans to be excited about that. I think they are starting to get excited, but here at the 2-3, man, we like to look ahead. We don't like to think back, Zach. You know, I'm hyped. I mean, 2003 was, was a great year, but... It's 2023, 2024 coming up. So uh, that, I'm focused on that. Three months. Three months to the first exhibition game. There's going to be a lot to uh, unpack this year, but I'm excited for the ride, Zach. Yeah, I'm just excited to see more you know, s- sessions of the summer, more more practice clips, more just word on who, who, who how people are doing, you know, how John Rothstein's report on the team eventually this summer. Mm-hmm. I'm just excited to see how things progress and hear uh, what's going on. Oh, I do want to give one more shout out. One more shout out before we wrap up. Shout out to John Bullajac. Dude, that man is a legend. It was so cool to see him last night, to see him courtside. I love how the the program has really embraced him. They've really embraced John Bull. I don't think that he ended up really transferring anywhere. I don't think, I probably is a little bit too late to be doing that, but just... He had a small role in the team. On the court. On the court, but off the court, he had a massive impact. You know, the whole Judah slap, being being there whenever we needed him. Just shout out to John Bolajac. I wanted to get that out there too, because the man is an absolute legend within Q's fandom. Amen. Dude, he's, he's a good kid. But hopefully we can get him on the podcast. Hopefully Maybe. we can get a lot of people on the podcast. I think that that's, that's a big thing. We're going to try to... We're going to try to do a lot this this year, Zach. So uh, three months until the first exhibition. And uh, yeah, keep keep in tap with our social media at the 2-3 podcast. YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Threads. Every- Threads. Threads. <laughs> <laughs> we're everywhere. So yeah, three months. Hopefully you'll hear us until or hopefully you'll hear from us before then. But until you hear from us next time, we will see... And talk to you soon. Let's go Cuse.